Over 20 years ago, I was injured on the job, which left me with a severe permanent disability. It forced me to discover my true passion and purpose. It wasn't until I started my direct sales business and later became one of the company's gratitude ambassadors that I realized I am a giver, a humanitarian, a cheerleader, and have a deep desire to inspire others. I had no idea it was possible to have a bigger impact until I launched my podcast to inspire others to live their passion, reclaim their purpose, and be open to so many possibilities. I am your host, Candace Snyder, and this is the Passion, Purpose, and Possibilities Podcast. Welcome back to the Passion, Purpose, and Possibilities Podcast. Today we have Ro Couture DeSaro with us. Ro has broken glass ceilings on Wall Street and has grown a million-dollar company. She's a TEDx speaker and has won several entrepreneurial awards. Her current advocacy is leading women to own who they are. Her life's work has defined the life path of many women, in particular, business and professional women who are seeking to make their mark. Her Gutsy Gals collective learning programs are leading the way for feminine leadership to belonging in the boardroom as CEOs and business owners for the highest fulfillment of life. She has women taking more risks and achieving more than they ever had before and doing it gracefully. Welcome back, Ro. So good to have you. Ro was part of our launch when we first started. Um, Go back and listen to episode one if you missed it, where we talked about her time on Wall Street and breaking glass ceilings. Happy to be back. So glad you're here. So we have so much to learn from you. You've been a huge inspiration to me, and I know our listeners will feel the same. But just give us a bit of a little backstory. So for those who haven't heard your story before, can, can get an idea about where you came from and who you are. Okay, awesome. So hello, everyone. Yes, so my background is I I did start on corporate. I started in in corporate back in um, early 80s when I was, as I was saying in the early first time, I was pissed off that women weren't getting their fair share in the workplace or actually anywhere. And, And I just knew that a woman can do what a man can do. So I decided to go to Wall Street and prove it. And it was only because for me, it was more of a movement than, and then it wasn't about me at all. It was just about women as a whole. And I think that's what gave me that motivation and that drive to do that. And because of that, I winded up breaking several glass ceilings. I was the first female regional director of products and sales. I was the first woman uh, that wasn't, that didn't come from a a product sales background to be able to lead the stockbrokers because basically my clients were the stockbrokers. So we want to learn how to do sales, try to sell to the biggest salesman in the world. And I, I, you know, and I did that. And then, you know, after, you know, after things that happened, I winded up going out on my own. And for 10 years, I was back and forth between on my own and corporate America because I can make really great money in corporate America, but I wasn't able to make great money on my own, I could, my limit was about 60,000, which isn't so bad, but I was making a lot more, you know, in corporate. Then I went back and my million dollar business was, you know, a a trading company, stock trading company that was going really well, that then got kind of destroyed with 9-11 and 
we'll talk about that a little bit more, maybe if you want to, but I just went through this series of back and forth, back and forth. And, and it wasn't then until, uh, you know, about eight years ago when I really realized that I really wanted to do more than what that was out there. And corporate wasn't going to get me what I wanted to do. And this is when I was like, all right, entrepreneurship is who I am. It's where I live. It's where I need to stay. So I need to figure out how to make this work and find out what my passion is and what my purpose is, which is why I love what you're doing so that I can really then, you know, enjoy the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Yep. That passion and purpose, you know, that's a big thing. Sometimes you can't just have the job, the J-O-B, and it's got to be doing what you truly love. Absolutely. You had quite a career on Wall Street, but a couple crucial events happened that I know changed the trajectory of your life's work and purpose. Can you share what happened? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I did allude to some of it earlier on. And, you know, the, the very first one was, uh, you know, when I was working on Wall Street and, and everything was going really well. And I finally, I broke the glass ceilings and I was vice president and I was making really good money and everything was going smoothly. You know, the stock market crashed and it was a huge stock market crash. This wasn't the norm back then. And my, my boss winded up moving to Chicago. I mean, everybody went to all different positions just to, because, because they were men, just to get a job so that they could continue to pay their mortgage. And for me, I was a female. So I said, well, I'm not the breadwinner, so I could, I'm not going to go backwards. So I was kind of like a little bit of a corporate brat <laughs> and <laughs> stubborn. And I mean, I refused to go backwards. So that's when I started going into entrepreneurship because the, I went through mergers and acquisitions for like a few years in the early nineties, going back and forth. And that's when I said, you know, uh, I need to do something on my own. And that's how I was introduced to direct sales. And I, I entered an ad because I was like, I could sell, I was in sales and it was a sales ad. And uh, so that's when I started direct sales. I did really, really well in direct sales in my first few years right out of the gate. But then the industry took a hit and things happened and things changed. And so for 10 years, I kind of was going back between uh, direct sales on my own as a salesperson back to corporate America, trying to figure out who I was, what I wanted to do, where can I make the most amount of money and, and, and do what I love. And, uh, and then that's when I winded up with working with family members to start a day trading firm and a stock trading company, which is, that's the company that grew into the million dollars. And then, then that got destroyed because of nine 11. So I had a wow. lot of ups and downs and right. We tried to continue that business, but by 2005, we had to shut the doors. We just couldn't, we couldn't rebound from nine 11. Mm -hmm. We tried for many, many years. It was just really tough. My office was actually right next door. I was the only office open in ground, in ground zero area because we were in the commodity exchange building. So that building had to be opened. Otherwise everything like it was a mile away from any other building opened up. That's how wide the area of businesses closed. So I actually felt like a prisoner. I would get off the boat from New Jersey and go straight into the building, not allowed to go anyplace else, in the door and then out the door back home. And it, it became very, very difficult. And it was very difficult to even work down there. And 
um, you know, my, even my throat would be very scratchy when I would get home, you know, after when I started saying, what am I doing? You know, why am I, why am I doing this to myself? Why am I subjecting myself to this? And I had, I had my children late in life because of my careers. And I had a toddler, I had a year and a half year old and a four year old, you know, four and a half year old home while I'm doing this and leaving them. And they were afraid for me to go to work because they knew because of nine 11, they were like, you know, it, it, my son would say, you know, thank God mommy didn't die when the towers fell as in our dinner prayer. I was heart wrenching. Mm. And I'm like, what am I doing? And then that's when I just started questioning everything. And what does success mean? And what is my purpose? And why am I here? And, and all that. So by the time we closed our doors in 2005, I was ready to start doing something else. But then the financial markets hit. So by the end of 2009, I was starting all over. I was broke. I was broken. I was, my confidence was lost. Gutsy gal was like, I don't know, who is she? Who stole her? Where did she go? And it was, you know, now I found myself having to start all over. And I got back into direct sales and I did really well, but I did really, really well. And, but then, you know what? I started hearing callings that there's something else. There's something more. And then that's when I started making a shift. And that's when I, I started really searching on my purpose and my like, why? I started asking my own question. Why am I here? Well, I have a couple questions from everything that you just said, but my first comment is resilience. I mean, you are the epitome of resilience. And I want to ask you a couple different things based on this part of the conversation. So you direct sales, you did really well with it. What is the one thing that you absolutely loved about it? Community. Community and growth. Mm-hmm. I loved, I loved meeting people from all over. I, the company I was with, the, the last company I was with, once a month, we had a training around the country and I got to visit every state around the United States. And I just love that. And I love meeting with the people and I love the training. I love the personal growth. I always said it was a secret sauce behind direct sales. If you were with a good company who had really great training, that it was like a personal development training within a business. I couldn't agree with that more with both those concepts, both the community and the personal growth. Tremendous. I'm sorry, I couldn't choose one over the other. I know, no, it's okay. <laughs> they're both, <laughs> they're both great. And they're both very important. And at least in my opinion, because I've known you for a while, I've heard you you know, kind of talk about this before there was 9-11 and then there's the crash, right? But then we hit COVID and you've said something in the past regarding like there's always going to be a crisis or something's going to happen. I want you to share like your perspective on that because I know our listeners need to hear that. I, I think that's really important. I think that's a great question. I, when COVID hit, I knew immediately that we as a group of women and people in general, but especially women, we were going to lose ground because most people would just put their head in under the blanket and just hide and figured it'll all go away. (laughs) You know, this is just temporary. It's going to go away. And having lived through several crises, I knew it didn't. And I was stubborn with my very first one. Well, like I said, I didn't think 
it was that big of a deal. So I didn't understand it. And I was like, so I get another job. Didn't realize how the economy was going to tank and everything else. You know, I wasn't able to see the bigger picture because, because I was a woman in her twenties in business, but it was young. I was young. And so I knew this was going to happen to people. So I, I knew I had to step up and say, you know, we have to continue working. You have to, you can't stop. You can't be afraid. You have to, being an entrepreneur means, and being a gutsy gal means that you have to live in the unknown world and you have to work through the unknown zone. And if you don't take those risks and if you don't cut through the comfort zone, if you don't cut through the unknown zone, get comfortable with the unknown zone, then you're not going to self-actualize to your fullest potential as an individual and as a business owner. And you're going to wind up being like me going back and forth between entrepreneurship and corporate and then wake up one day not fulfilled and not happy. <laughs> so when COVID hit, I, I knew that this was going to be needed. And so I went immediately into leadership mode. I mean, I was a business coach at that time. And I was like, I don't care about marketing right now. I don't care about niche. I don't care about creating signature systems. I need people to be in their right mindset to get through this crisis. And that's when I dropped everything I was doing and kind of started making a complete shift and really working more. My original idea of helping gutsy gals be who they are and own who they are, kind of like what you said earlier. Mm -hmm. So tell us more about your gutsy gals programs. I know like it's shifted a little bit from more of the just focusing on women in business, but tell us about like where the programs are now how those are developed and what you're bringing through those programs. Okay. Awesome. I, they're more developing more into leadership programs. Now they're more, not so much I said as the marketing uh, with the business, but more in the self leadership because before you can lead anyone, you have to lead yourself. And so their leadership development training, their mindset training, their, they're really, you know, tapping into your identity, uh, getting really, really, really clear on who you are. Why are you here? What do you want to do? What's important to you so that you could show up with the boundaries. You could show up with the power. You could step into your power. You could be authentic and you're going to be unshakable. So my programs now are helping women no matter what level they're at, because if you're a leader, you're always growing and you always you know, part of the gutsy gal is knowing that you have to keep always, you're always increasing your capacities and your skill sets and your growth. And it's part of who you are. Uh, so my programs are now lending itself more to helping those women really step into their highest game of their life. And as someone who's participating in some of your programs, I, I can tell you they are life changing. I wouldn't even be here doing this podcast right now if it wasn't for some of the things I learned through gutsy gals that gutsy gals have to offer. And, um, and this is why I'm here. This is, that's the stuff that juices me up mm-hmm. because that's what happens. And there's nothing more exciting to me than when I see a woman start to see her value and start to like really, really see what she brings to the table, not what society's telling her she brings to the table. And they just become a whole different person and light up. And that's what lights me up. You have something to share with our listeners for the Gutsy Gals? 
Yeah, I do. Because one of the things that I've seen is, you know, being around for 40 years and being both corporate, being direct sales, being an entrepreneur, business coach, I've, I've been in all those different industries. Women who have been successful, a common denominator that I've started to, to witness, a pattern I started to see was that women felt that they were lucky to be at that level. I mean, I think even Sheryl Sandberg said that at one point. And just so many women just feel like they were lucky. And it started made me realizing and seeing how women don't value who they are and what they bring to the table. So I started putting together some Gutsy Gal Success Series. And the very first series that I started with is on this topic about helping women know their value, know their worth, and, and start realizing that they're not just lucky, that it's they earned everything that they've done, whether it been from a young child to an adult and everything in between. So if you just text the word gutsy, G-U-T-S-Y, to the number 411-321, you'll get that copy free, you know, as a complimentary gift. That's great. And don't worry, if you missed anything, you're going to find the links in the show notes. So something else I wanted to ask you about, I know that you have a cause that's near and dear to your heart. So can you share this with us and how others can get involved if it speaks to them as well? Absolutely. So, and it's, and it's actually is a direct result of when I was young and I prayed to God to give me a boy and a girl um, as a mom so that I could raise a powerful girl and I could teach at least one boy how to respect a woman. <laughs> that was my thinking back then. And guess what? I have a girl who's first and then a boy and and she is a powerful girl. She has her own nonprofit. So, of course, I'm going to, I do everything I can. Part of my business, um, you know, success and profits go to her, her charity as well. And she has a, a light to earth sanctuary. She started her own nonprofit. She's in her 20s. And she's there to support women and children. And she's there to help. It's a sanctuary. It's a sanctuary for women and children that are going through hardships that really need a person that could guide them and mentor them and give them a soul sisters to how to, to, to get out of that. And it's sometimes it, it sometimes these, these hardships are just temporary and there's nothing really out there that really helps women that are going through, you know, temporary hardships. It's either like one extreme or the other. So light to earth sanctuary is my favorite charity that I love to give to at this point in time. That's a, that's a great cause. I, I know it. And, um, happy to support it. One thing I like to do on this podcast is I have something called the three P's. There are three questions. So um, are you up for that? Absolutely. Okay. I have to be a gutsy gal, right? Yes. Okay. So here we go. What is something you're passionate about that most people don't know about you? Hmm. I am very passionate about exercising. <laughs> Something that most people do not like to do. I actually love going to the gym. Love going <laughs> to the gym. I could be in the gym probably for three hours and work out with the machines and the weights and take Pilates classes and then go in the sauna. I mean, I'm just very passionate about, uh, I was a bodybuilder back in the eighties uh, early on. So and it, it helped me a lot, even breaking my glass ceilings. It just helped me a lot with body awareness, helped me a lot with confidence. And, uh, and it helped me a lot with having a body that looked a lot better than not going to the gym. 
<laughs> so I just became, you know, I started learning a lot more about it and I just became so passionate about it. And I actually enjoy working out. That's great. Okay. So what is the definition of purpose for you? Mm. Purpose has changed a lot over my life, I have to say. And I'm going to say that purpose is, is more about your calling. It's more about what you're destined to be doing. Um, it, it's where we're all called to greatness. We all have the capacities to, to live our highest level and our fullest potential. And I think it takes purpose to actually really, really get to that, that high level. And without the purpose, you will never reach the, the, the total peak. You know, when you have a pyramid and there's that little piece on the top where not that many people get to, you know, to get to that level, you have to be living in your purpose to get there. Thank you. Okay. The last P is, is there a possibility, a dream or a vision you have that hasn't come to fruition yet? Mm. Yes, I have a dream. <laughs> share, share. I'm like, MLK. <laughs> uh, my dream is that men and women work so well together, effectively together in the business world, the personal world, that we don't see each other even as masculine and feminine anymore, that we see each other as humans and that we are, um, we both have balance of our masculine and our feminine. And we know when to be in our masculine and when to be in our feminine and be able to have co-creative relationships with each other, um, women to women as well, not just men to women, but women to women as well. I have a dream that women don't, um, there's no more stabbing in the back or no more, you know, it's all really, truly, truly women supporting one another. It's gotten better, but mm -hmm. honestly, it's not where it needs to be. So I, I have a huge dream in seeing that um, we don't even have to talk about gender differences anymore. And we don't have to talk about women's equality anymore. That's my dream that that just really doesn't need to be happened, goes away. That's perfect. We're all just human, right? All living in the same world. Yeah. And let's mm -hmm. treat people as people should be treated and see the greatness in everyone. See the extraordinary, see the destiny and see the purpose in everyone. Mm -hmm. And then be able to, um, to be, you know, co-create from there. And I think we would, I think our productivity will shoot through the roof. I think we will be amazing as to what we're able to accomplish once we do that. I love it. And I know there'll be more to come from you down the road on that. And we'll have to have you back so you can share. Yes. This October. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for being with us a second time. And I really appreciate you being here and helping us. Um, and sharing all your knowledge. And I know, like I said before, you're such a huge inspiration to me. And I know that you inspire so many others. So thank you well, again. You're welcome. I'm just so happy that I'm able to be here to see you shine in your light. And 
and, and, and do what you're doing. So I am all for it. And I can't wait to listen to all your episodes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, please submit a rating and review and share with a friend. This helps us reach more listeners so we can make a bigger impact. From time to time, we share our reviews live on our episode. Your review could be the next one we share. Please head on over to our website, passionpurposeandpossibilities.co to receive a free gift I am waiting for you. And if you heard something today that truly inspired you, I would love to hear about it. You can email me at Candace Snyder at passionpurposeandpossibilities.co. Thank you again for listening.